Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We continue looking at a fireside talk that was given by Dr. Brad Wilcox, a BYU professor, a very popular speaker in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He also holds the position of second counselor in the Young Men General Presidency. It's not a general authority position, like the First Presidency or the Council of the Twelve or even the First Quorum of the Seventy, but it's a pretty prominent position. But he was speaking to a group of young people in Alpine, Utah, and he said some things that were pretty controversial. Much of it is controversial for us as New Testament Christians, but even controversial for some professing Latter-day Saints. In yesterday's show, he raises the question about why didn't blacks get the priesthood until 1978. And in rebuttal to that, we offered a point of view from Jana Reese, who is a Mormon blogger, one that we've cited many times on this show, who found what he said about blacks not having the priesthood to be very offensive. Now Wilcox is going to switch and still be talking about the priesthood issue, but it's going to have to do with why don't women in the LDS church get the priesthood? So he asks that question. Yeah, but Brother Wilcox, how come the girls don't have the priesthood? Girls, you're going to hear a lot of people say a lot of things, and many of them say them with very angry voices, but just because somebody's angry doesn't necessarily make him or her right. Just because somebody's loud doesn't necessarily make him or her right. This is another touchy issue among many in the LDS Church, primarily more of the feminist mindset, who think that women should have the priesthood. The bottom line for all this, at least this is what I take away from it, Eric, is those who are complaining about these things seem to be complaining about a church that they're supposed to believe is given a top-down structure. In other words, God speaks to his leaders, and the leaders portray what they feel God has told them. Now, I don't believe that for a minute, basically because of the things that they are teaching shows me that God's not behind this. But Latter-day Saints are supposed to. And this is why I have a problem with some Latter-day Saints, especially people like Jana Reese, who would much rather put the blame on individuals in the church without seeming to connect it to how the church operates. And I brought out yesterday how she accuses Brad Wilcox of being out of line because, in her opinion, she thinks Brad Wilcox is attributing the priesthood ban on blacks as being God's design. Well, that's exactly what leaders were saying up until 1978. Just because Jana Reese doesn't want to believe that, she seems to fault Wilcox for what I think is a more consistent position within the context of Mormonism. I think the same can be said regarding women in the LDS Church not having this priesthood. If this is the way it's designed from the top down, then wouldn't Jana Reese be sinning 
by questioning the way her church is structured if, in fact, as the leaders are teaching it, God designed it that way. See, this is the problem that I have with a lot of people like Jana Reese in the church. They seem to be wanting to sound faithful to the LDS church while at the same time thinking that their views reign supreme rather than the men that God put in charge of the church. But now we're going to go on to another letter in this acronym, Gospel, and that's what he is doing in this talk to these young people. He's taking the letters G-O-S-P-E-L, and he's giving an explanation for each one. It's supposed to be an easy way for them to remember what the church stands for. So now he gets to E stands for everyone. The gospel is for everyone, and we're the only ones who invite others to receive the gospel through missionary work, and even those who have passed away and not had it. They can even receive the gospel in temples. Well, let me stop you there, because here again we have another case of the church coming up with what they think is a solution to a problem. The problem is, is the church thinks everybody should be saved, at least some level of salvation. Of course, the best you can get in the church is the top level of the celestial kingdom. A doctrine that's not taught in the Bible, it's not taught in the Book of Mormon. Then you have the terrestrial and celestial kingdoms. Again, destinations for people based on what they believed and did in this life. Still, not talked about in the Bible, not talked about in the Book of Mormon. So, when he says in the next line that Christianity has a problem, a huge problem, I would say, no, we don't, because we're trying to stick closely to what the Bible actually says. But in the next line, he says, Jesus said, get baptized or you're not going to heaven. And yet most people in the world have never even heard the name of Jesus Christ, let alone been baptized. First of all, Jesus never said that. He never said, get baptized or you're not going to heaven. He doesn't say where he gets this. But we're assuming perhaps Wilcox is citing John 3, 5 in Jesus's conversation with Nicodemus. And let's just go to verse 3 to give context. Jesus replied, verse 3, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, verse 5, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Now, Latter-day Saints assume that that mention of water is talking about baptism. But believers' baptism, it certainly wasn't being practiced at this particular time. Now, you do read John later on having the baptism of repentance, but is that really the same as what we are doing in our churches today? No, it's believer's baptism. We come to faith in Christ, and we are baptized as a representation of our old life, and now we are raised to new life. And it's done publicly to show that we are making a confession of faith, not secretly, but in front of everybody else. Jesus never said in that conversation, get baptized or you're not going to heaven. You have Wilcox putting words in Jesus' mouth. 
many scholars tend to believe that what Jesus was probably referring to in this conversation is a passage from Ezekiel chapter 36. And before I get to that, let me just say what commentator Leon Morris writes about this whole conversation with Nicodemus. He writes, Nicodemus could not have possibly perceived an allusion to an as-yet non-existent sacrament. It is difficult to think that Jesus would have spoken in such a way that his meaning could not possibly be grasped. His purpose was not to mystify, but to enlighten. In any case, the whole thrust of the passage is to put the emphasis on the activity of the Spirit, not on any right of the Church. And that comes from the Gospel according to John, pages 215 and 216. But as you mentioned, Bill, uh, Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27, let me cite that. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanlinesses, and from all your idols I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Pastor John MacArthur writes in Biblical Doctrine, a Systematic Summary of Bible Truth, pages 583 through 584. This is what he says regarding that passage in Ezekiel 36. Surely this was the truth Jesus had in mind when he spoke of being born of water and the Spirit. He was declaring that regeneration was a truth revealed throughout the Old Testament, and thus a truth with which Nicodemus should have been familiar, because Jesus does criticize Nicodemus. You are a teacher of Israel, and you don't know this. MacArthur goes on and says, against this Old Testament backdrop, Christ's point was unmistakable. Without the spiritual washing of the soul, a cleansing accomplished by the Holy Spirit, and solely by means of the word of the gospel, no one can enter God's kingdom. Given the proper understanding of John 3, 5, the doctrine of baptismal regeneration is shown to be without biblical basis. The gospel itself is the sole instrument in the new birth. And by the way, if you'd like to see those citations I just gave, that's found on our website, mrm.org slash John 3, 5, 6, with hyphens between John 3, 5, and 6, an article titled John 3, 5 through 6, Born of Water and the Spirit. Let's go back to what Wilcox says, where he talks about Christianity has a problem. Again, I can appreciate that Wilcox is drawing a distinction between what his church teaches and what we, as evangelical New Testament Christians, believe Wilcox, though he is speaking to a friendly audience, is making it clear that we are not like them. I think that message needs to get into our heads. We need to understand that. This is what knowledgeable people within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints believe and teach. This idea that they're Christians just like us, I've said many times, is more of a layman statement. Someone just as a regular member of the church who probably doesn't have a lot of in-depth understanding of maybe even their own teachings, and even much less of what they think we believe. I think it's important that he is making this distinction. We should learn from that. But when he says that we have a problem because we don't have baptisms for the dead, well, the reason why we don't is because there's no biblical justification for this. And even their best proof text 
1 Corinthians 15, 29. It's a bad verse to use for them. It's just a horrible verse to use. Well, and especially not only is that taken out of context, but the Book of Mormon certainly doesn't talk about the possibility of salvation after death. And if you look at Alma chapter 34 in the Book of Mormon, starting with verses 32 and following, this life is the time. is very clear. You can't do this in the next life. When he says that the gospel is for everyone and that the gospel through missionary work and even those who have passed away and not had it, they can even receive the gospel in temples, where's that in the Bible? We don't see anywhere in the New Testament that the temple in Jerusalem, which would have been the only temple in existence at the time, nowhere do we see any reference in the New Testament that Christians ever used that temple to perform baptisms for the dead. I can't even imagine Christians walking in there. How arrogant for them to be as a group of Christians going into the temple in Jerusalem, telling the Jewish priest, hey, move over. We want to use your temple so that we can baptize our dead. They would have been laughed out of there, if not arrested and thrown in jail for asking for such a request. But when he says that his church has the solution, they offer an opportunity, not forcing anyone, but offering an opportunity to everyone to receive the very ordinances that Jesus said are essential to their salvation and progress. This would be reading between the lines. Nowhere do we see this in the New Testament. This is made up by Joseph Smith, but it's not something that we could say is considered Christian orthodoxy. If this is, in fact, something that the early church practiced and believed, why is it we do not see any examples of this? Well, the Latter-day Saints would say, well, that's easy because of the great apostasy. They just whitewashed any reference to it. Think about that, folks. The reason why there's no reference to this is because it was never done in the first century Christian church. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism.